welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. We, and welcome to the Riverdale Register. <laughs> damn it. God damn it, John. Wow. Stealing my thunder. It's fine. John, I don't know how to start this now because that was what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I've thrown you off. Yeah. I, I think... Here we are, one week after we last recorded. Definitely one week later. Question. What version of Ethel do you like the most in this series? The one we have now? The original one, the one where she was the gargoyle queen or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the same as the original one? I guess, but she had a, the, some kind of a mental breakdown, I guess. I don't know what was going uh, on, uh-huh. so I feel like we can separate those characters. Um, boy, I love the comic book Big Ethel energy. I think oh, she's so that, great. That uh, makes more sense. <laughs> okay, so you've talked about this before. Where, what is the deal with Big Ethel energy? She's at, is she at a comic book? place does she work there or no she... no she doesn't work in comic books at all she's a reporter okay it that's is what a it comic was. book oh it's not a comic book it's a webtoon okay webtoons it's a it's an app it's, it's a... an app called webtoon okay and it's like from korea they're called manhwa but it's basically comic books that are just all vertical oh so okay. you just yeah scroll on your phone like normal and panels go up and down so i think i've seen like snapshots of webtoons on tiktok yeah i think they do some uh i think they put out some stuff on instagram too there's like a really popular batman webtoon right now some of it's really sad some of it can be very sad there's also some good action stuff on webtoon too uh yeah big ethel energy is like you know ethel and moose start dating in the present right and then immediately you're like oh but betty's boss has like a thing for ethel now and 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 betty's involved in this Betty is the thing for her boss. And oh. there's like also some Betty and Archie and Jack and Veronica stuff going on, but they are side characters in that. In, in that story. And it Big is a, like a modernization that is more along the lines of like this kind of this kind of story and this kind of episode where it's like, what are we doing this week? Oh, there's a there's an event. We're going to an event and some people may talk to people and have emotions, <laughs> you know? And that some people may have killed their the parents. Plot. Uh, we were, you and I were texting about this earlier, but I'm, I'm, I'm truly in the belief that like, whatever you were saying that when the show was pitched, it was pitched without dead bodies. Yes. I believe it was supposed to be for Fox. I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah. He, yeah. So I think he was originally thinking kind of this, but like modern. Right. And the weirdness that the show for one season was very much like a good blend of like, you know, teen stuff and, and mystery and horror. Yeah. And then like my, the, my take I had was that the putting a serial killer into the second season, which demands such a higher body count may have permanently broken the show in such a way where they had to keep topping that. And that took us all the way to a, a sorcerer <laughs> from another dimension. And we had to punch through that barrier to get right back around back to where we started, which is irony. Wow. Teens going through teen stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there probably should have been more teen stuff along the way, even because yeah. there are heightened shows where you still get a lot of teen For stuff. For sure, yeah. That I feel like this is what it does best. It Here's does the, both. Right. So, like, at its best. What was the bit with Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It was that. Oh, like, yeah, that's an obvious one. What you're going through in high school can feel like these high stakes relationships you know the bad guy for the first couple seasons was always either like a teacher or a student or something that has a mundanity to it and the monster side to it yeah where am i going with that oh there's no metaphor here (laughs) you know riverdale's like your dad's a serial killer but (laughs) it's it's they they reveal that as a twist and not like a 
spend the whole season dealing with your dad as a serial killer as like some metaphor for like oh my dad doesn't prove my boyfriend or whatever it might be right but so in, in, instead it's just no no we're just gonna play that straight your dad is a serial killer right i mean that's fun in its own way it's like pulpy it's silly but sure yeah i do think that there is something elegant about the first season where it's like oh this small town that i thought was all good and sunshine and rainbows i'm coming of age right. and learning as i come of age oh no, life is right. not as good as I thought it was, or not even as good as I thought it was, has a darkness that I didn't know about. I mean, has yeah. this ever happened to you? And the irony of the 50s is like, it's even yeah. more so that. That was like, yes. the whole the whole decade was like, let's pretend it's fine. And then there's also the fact that Riverdale was kind of timeless for a moment. It is weird for this, you know, for it to be like, and now it's the 50s. And like, I'm like, literally. but you didn't want to say it was the 2020s before. Yeah. Honestly, though, with the pandemic, like, fucking everything up, it's probably better they didn't, like, slap a date on it because... The few times they did, it only yeah. caused them problems. Right, exactly. So I do understand that. But anyway. This episode is chapter 120. Oh my god, we've been doing so many of these. <laughs> that is insane. Please Sex continue. education. So sex education... 2019 Netflix show. Of course. Still going on. Yes. Um, and it's about a guy who comes up with like an underground sex clinic for his classmates. Have you watched any of it? Mm-hmm. I watched like two episodes. Didn't hook me. Not saying it's a bad show. I just like didn't keep watching it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was like one of those Netflix shows where people were talking about it. And for me, a lot of times if something gets really buzzy and I wasn't already on board, yeah. I'll be like, all right, well, you guys have fun with that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not in... It can be hard for me to get right. This happens to me with HBO shows all the yeah, time. Yeah, we were just talking about this. Actually. Yeah, I'm very happy I got it. It's not an HBO show, but like Showtime. Similarly, right. got into Yellow Jackets like before anybody was into it, and then I felt like I could be like, "Are you watching Yellow Jackets? You should watch Yellow Jackets." You did that. Yellow Jackets was one I jumped into, but I was also at that perfect point where not everybody was talking about yeah. it. But the few people who were talking about it were all people I respect. Oh, and thank that's you, John. The, that's always the goal <laughs> for me. And But like, if everyone's talking about it, then I'm like, okay, but idiots like that show. <laughs> well, no, I kind of get that. That's sort of honestly how I feel about Yellowstone because I'm like, you haven't seen Yellowstone. I have not seen Yellowstone. Seen I may it. never see Yellowstone. Yeah. So right now I'm like, not that idiots watch it because I did just say last episode right. that my parents are really into it. They're not. They're, they're not idiots. But I just feel like everyone, everyone is like obsessed with it yeah. across all demographics. And I'm like, okay, but like, do I have to be? Because I yeah, watch It is episode. funny when like Ben Affleck's like, hey, Jennifer Lopez loves Yellowstone. That's really funny. I actually could totally see that. Yeah, that makes sense though, right? Yeah, There's something to that. There is something to Jennifer Lopez being Yellowstone stand. Well, Sex Education has what? That's got what's that his name? Asa Asa Butterfield. Asa Butterfield. What, what, what a that, name! What, what was the movie where he broke out in? August Rush. Is that him? No, that's 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's Freddie Highmore. Yeah. Okay, but you gotta understand they're the same person. <laughs> Hold on, let me find out because yes, he is. Oh, he's Hugo. Hugh, I love that He's movie. Hugo, right? Yeah. Did you know Chloe Grace Moretz pretended to be British for yeah, that? Yeah, she's doing an accent in that movie. No, no, she Oh, but like she pretended off. she was actually British? Yes. That would be the only way you can get that part, yes, right? Because so that movie was like, no American. <laughs> it was really funny. It was like, I think it was, was it a Martin, Scor- Martin Scorsese movie? Right, Scorsese just doesn't have an ear for it, or that's hilarious. Yeah, she pretended to be like from like a specific place too, and then she showed up to set. She's like, I already have the part. It's fine. Oh, okay. I thought she was like on set doing an accent all the time. Otherwise, she'd get caught. I think she eventually had to come clean. That's really funny. There is like a thing that she does about it. I really hope it's a true right. story because it's very funny. But 
one of the one of the other boys in Sex Education, uh, Nkudi Ngawa, I think is the actor's name, but he's going to be in Barbie. He's playing oh. a Ken, and he's Hi, the Ken. next Doctor Who. That's cool. Yeah, that's huge. Wasn't it just a woman? Jodie Whittaker, Whittaker played the Doctor uh, recently. I, I fell off during her era. It wasn't great. Not that it was because she was a woman. <laughs> not because I hate women. No, it's, <laughs> it's a frustrating thing where you're like so mad because because when she became the doctor, they also turned over showrunners. And this guy didn't know what he was doing. So it's not her fault. It's not her fault. It is a man's fault. <laughs> it's a man's fault. That every season with the female doctors. Eh. Has it been many seasons? <laughs> it's just like three. Oh. Is it like three, three, three? So it's like... Oh, there's no consistency to it. The actors just like decide. So like... That's much better. You know, Chris Robinson did one season and he says it was a nightmare. David oh. Tennant did three. He might have done three seasons. Was Matt he? Smith did three seasons. Oh, it just kind of come out like that, doesn't it? Is um, he like beloved? The most beloved? David one? Tennant? He's coming back. Oh, he's the best. Jodie Tennant... Jodie Whittaker just re regenerated into David Tennant again. And it's like, whoa, what does that mean? He's going to do a couple episodes before the next guy. Interesting. But it's the yeah, same he was person. He was huge. Hugely popular. Ian Matt Smith did the crossover 50th anniversary special. Cute. Yeah, because yeah, I remember Matt Smith being like, that's his thing. Like, yeah, not that's anymore. Why, that's why I know Matt Smith. Right. But like, he's... He, I, I don't think he wants to be known for that anymore. Interesting. He's, he's almost has made a career of being like, I don't know what you're talking about, to someone who recognizes him from like a past nerdy thing he was in. Well, he was at Comic-Con, and someone was like, you want to talk about Morbius? And he's like, I'm here for House of the Dragon. I don't know what that movie oh, is. Oh, right. I was like, oh, and it's too bad that he's not doing anything now. Yeah. No, he is. We just right. don't watch it. We just don't watch House of the Dragon for, well, it's not even the same buzzy reason as everything else. Oh. I'm more like, guys, we all agreed we weren't doing this anymore. No. We're, we we we're know doing... this is bad, and you guys signed up for the version of the show that's Oops All Incest. Yeah. But is it really incest if their uncle? No, I'm kidding. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> but people do but what defend it. But they dragons? That's true. That does somehow change things. Are the dragons? The dragons are just dragons, right? Like, they don't get turned into people. Are you asking me? I don't watch House of the Dragon. Let's pretend Matt Smith becomes a dragon. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the new headcanon. That's great. If we haven't seen he it. He is the dragon that burns the chair at the end exactly. of uh, Game of Thrones. And that's how they're connected. Of course. Just like Yellowstone. And that's the plot of sex education. Anyway. <laughs> you guys got it. This episode was written by Janine Selena Schoenberg. We've mentioned her name before. She's actually written 28 total episodes of Riverdale since so we, she joined in season three. So we won't name all of them. So she's produced over <laughs> one full season of content of the show yeah, on her own as a writer. 1.5. Yeah. Good for you. No, this episode was directed by James DeWill. He's directed a couple episodes before. This is actually his fifth episode directing. He is that writer turned director. Cool. I never know what to say other than yay. Cool, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. Like it's, it's good information. But. There's like some names stand out where I'm like, oh, I recognize you wrote that episode. Right. I really like that one. And then some are just like, yeah, you've written so many episodes. That's that's great. I love you. You're you're on yeah. the team, and I'm glad that Janine has been employed since season three. That's yay. fucking great. That's great. Yeah, Janine. All right. So we have two plot lines. I thought I could split up oh. into more, but there's really only two. So we got the meat grinder and the kids are horny. Well, it's really hard to pick between those two. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the meat grinder just because I feel like meat grinder's got the big cliffhanger. Mm. Hmm. So I'm gonna change things. Let's do the kids are horny because oh. then we can end on a cliffhanger. Okay. Penelope walking into Cheryl's room discovers the sexiest pinup painting Cheryl has ever made. 
I love that for her. I love that she's still painting. You know, school project, apparently. She Bubble tells baths her. on the boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all know that bubbles cling to boobs. It's so I've always seen it. It's a scientific fact. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it just happens. Penelope tells her daughter it's high time she gets a boyfriend. <laughs> I love how she's like, I want you to go out and hook up with a boy, but oh. not not exactly right. like that. <laughs> right. It's like, I need you to have a boyfriend, but not a boyfriend who's going to have sex with you. I need you to have a boyfriend <laughs> who will keep you busy from being interested in girls. Yeah, I don't think she really knew what she was looking for. Can you date Kevin? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. Damn it, Kevin's not available? <laughs> Shit. Well, I will say, did you hear in the background when Penelope enters, they have a really good cue for music? Yeah, it's like old, it's, old time music. But right? it's like red-headed woman, right. devil woman. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. so perfect. And I was like, God damn it. Penelope song. So Veronica checks on Archie. She asks him if he knows Ethel. And he's like, I'm not friends with her or Jughead. Yeah, I have. we're going to mm-hmm. talk about this later because I have a lot of questions about Jughead in this situation. Yeah. We'll get there, but this is something I wanted to specifically talk about. And Veronica asks Archie if they can try again, forgetting that last episode she had actually asked him if they could try again. <laughs> it's been 12 hours. Yeah, it's, can we start over? We just started over, and I said no. Uh, Archie just thinks she's too much of a handful for him, and then he goes off to dance with his mom one more time. Oh my gosh, she's always there. <laughs> Mary's just there in the background. Why is she always there? Takes it's getting weird. Very House of Dragons. Meanwhile, the patriarchy gathers. These people, like evil like i know they're evil right but it's but like, like almost cartoonish then this week they're like what can we be on the wrong side of history now <laughs> and they're like sex education pta approved love it amazing yeah what is the okay what are their names i cannot remember their names oh that's why i've switched to just calling them the patriarchy because the they, okay. they meet in groups of men yeah <laughs> okay so we don't need to know their names you guys know what we're talking about right you all know them the baddies got a bow tie a tie glasses no hair white skin yeah Man. you guys yeah there's two of them there's two i'm of them. still trying to figure out if sheriff keller like what side he falls onto because he's back yeah, he is back. He's in he's, it. He's looking good. I have not gone home with him and Kevin. We don't know where he stands on any issues right now. Oh, I'm yeah. like, we could reset <laughs> him into, you know, bad 50s father, part of the patriarchy, because he is the sheriff. But we also could reset him to first season dad, where he's like, I just love my gay son and want him to be happy. I liked him that way better, obviously. Yeah. Also, guys, this is your opportunity to bring back Kevin's mom or add a Kevin's mom. To the mix. Did we ever meet? We've a never met Kevin's mom. Why did they just make her dead? Well, she was like, right. It was like she was in the army, and then she was just kind of written out of the show. Right. And Robin Robin Givens was, was his mom. Kind and of. She was, and then she left the show. Uh, Josie's. Josie. Josie doesn't Not exist part anymore. Not of this at all. Yeah. yeah. Josie's. Huh. Josie's watching the news, being like, a comet hit Riverdale. <laughs> so crazy she's in her own spin-off that that is just not she's yeah she's in the unaired series josie and the pussycats i do think that would have been a good show that would have been such an easy sell nothing makes me laugh harder than like that whole episode ends and then like a man walks up like hello i knew your father there's a mystery to solve right oh are we gonna solve it no you'll never know no yeah maybe i wouldn't know i will say i do think sheriff's keller his beard is very modern, so that's making me hope he's on the right side of Man, history. The 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 arc on this show that is him just getting whiter and whiter, and also <laughs> smaller and smaller. Yeah, I th- he's I, age is catching up to a guy. You know, you can't maintain that size that he was at. I mean, he's. I have no idea how old he is. Actually, I hard to tell. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. He looks great for his age. I'm but sure you yeah. could still, you know, put some put some color in that beard, and he would take some years off. But. I do wonder if. 
you know what's weird? I like never really see people with beards that are that that are gray. Like it's so rare. So every time I see one, it is like vaguely jarring. Mm. So it looks good, but it's like not common. You don't find a lot of guys with big gray beards and hair. Right, exactly. I think it's that's like what it is. Guys yeah. lose their hair and then like you know what's gonna start growing out? The chin. Let's bring it back and down low. You just gotta get hair on, on some part of your face. That's all you Desperately. need. Desperately. Julian checks in on Archie, subtly calls him less of a man for not being with Veronica, and then suggests <laughs> he date Cheryl. And Archie is like, isn't she standoffish and never dated anyone? And Julian says she dates college guys, which is a lie. It is a lie. Also, they're only 16. I don't think it's really that weird for people not to have boyfriends. Especially in the 50s. Yeah, they do kind of make it a big deal that like, I don't know. Like you're a child. Uh, You know what's nice? Julian and Cheryl don't seem to be having any twin cest. And the vibes in the first season, Uh, there was that. Their their energy with each other is more of like coworkers yes. than siblings. Even they're right. just like, hey, thank you for coming to the office today. <laughs> they have a terrible boss, right. Penelope. Really, really, really strict. I guess we're not getting Clifford Blossom either. It would be cool if he was back with like an even better wig, cool. or a worse one. Maybe it's Claudius's the dad. Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, I interesting. Hope, I, you know. I hope the dad, is, they just turn around and it's the uh, the Julian doll. Oh my God. The dad. Terrifying. Do you think uh, Veronica's sister is still a phone? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, great. Some, things are, <laughs> some things are canon forever. Tony invites Cheryl to a poetry night at The Dark Room, which is the name for Le Bone Nuts. Oh, form. that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. The Dark Room, we can't really come up with a cute pun. Yeah. But she says, uh, she says, I might raz your berries. I had questions about what that meant, mm. but I think she knew exactly what she meant. Yeah. Cheryl says no, and then new character Lizzo sidles up to tell Tony she's openly gay, <laughs> interested, and available, and Tony tells her, she's, come on, last season, I don't have time for a new love interest, I'm really trying to get back with my one and only. What if, what if we never see Lizzo again? That would be really funny. <laughs> Really, Not really now, funny. Lizzo. God damn it. <laughs> Ain't no. I too much woman for you? <laughs> How? Is she? When she said, I was like, she's a high school dropout. We don't establish how long ago she dropped right. out of high Unclear. school. Unclear. I hope she's 18 at most. It, honestly, it does get funnier if we never see her. Yeah, exactly. She just rides away. So sorry for that actress then, but I think this is, we don't need another complication. Right. Yeah. So Kevin sees his girlfriend Betty in the hallway and immediately turns to run in the opposite <laughs> direction, as you do, uh, cruising right into Clay again. He goes, hey, Kevin, just so you know, I'm gay, interested, and available. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Clay tells him he's performing at the dark room. And so Kevin, Kevin was going to take Betty to see the seven-year itch, but then he gets a fun idea. Dark room. To use Betty as an excuse <laughs> to see Clay perform, right? Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not doing this well. No, he's not good no. at this. It's fun, though. Uh, so then Archie... Asks Cheryl out to go see the Seven Year Itch, but she has a fun idea <laughs> to use Archie as an excuse to go and watch Tony perform. I, I like this plot though. Yeah. Yeah. So then Julian asks Veronica out to see the Seven Year Itch, <laughs> and then but she has this fun idea. <laughs> They're no, gonna go to the dark room. Nobody wants to see the Seven Year Itch. Yeah, everyone. Not a single person in Riverdale watched the Seven Year Itch. I read the Wikipedia page, however. Great. You want to tell us about it? Seven-year itch. 
And tell tell the cast about it because they don't know. Guys, you're gonna love this. So it's a movie. Mar- it's okay. Have you seen the picture of Marilyn Monroe standing over like the subway grate, white dress, dresses like flying up? It's like a very iconic. Iconic, yeah, yeah. So that's from that movie, oh. which I just found out reading the. I, I guess page. I assumed it was a different one. I didn't assume it was a movie, and I don't know why. I just, just like a photo like, shoot. Yeah, I just never. I was actually very surprised. So basically, it's a movie about a man whose wife and like kid go on on like a vacation, and he has like a hot upstairs neighbor. And then he's like, "Ooh, I like want to like maybe get with this upstairs neighbor." The seven year itch reverse to like seven years into a marriage, you get like ah. antsy kind of a thing, and then eventually he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't hook up with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, at least according to the Wikipedia page. Wow. Maybe it was sanitized. For no, me. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But who knows? Shh, we can't have Caitlin knowing the truth. Exactly. No. <laughs> but it's it's a comedy. It's like a rom com. I think it's a Billy Wilder movie. Mm. So, yeah, I, I really like. I missed a lot of fifties movies. That makes, yeah, I. It's like being born in nineteen ninety two. So. <laughs> right, but also like it does seem like a lot of. Modern culture starts in the 80s. In a lot of ways, yeah. And, and that's I blame Reagan. That's I not even a bit. It. No, Reagan changed <laughs> the laws so that you can basically make kids cartoons that are also commercials for action figures. Like that wasn't like a thing that was allowed until the 80s. Interesting. And like that creates everything the Gen X loves: Transformers and robots and action yeah. figures and Barbie and all those things. And well, actually, no, Barbie existed before. Yeah, Barbie. Was uh, uh, but then like and like that cycles into the nineties, Digimon. Pokemon, whatever, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, and then, you know, what we have. And, and like, I know those are kids' things, but, like, that 80s stuff, even the movies and everything, like, the f- idea of the franchise feels like it takes off in the so are 70s you, and 80s. are you saying that the law was that you couldn't have something in a movie that was then sold? <clears throat> it was like, you can't, like, commercial programming and narrative programming are two separate things. Okay. And then it was like, you can have a cartoon about characters and sell action figures of those characters and that cartoon we're not going to call a commercial well i will say i mean that is so influential just about how literally all kids programming now works right and so yeah and that's and that stuff stays with you as you grow up it stayed with us as we grew up yeah and Um, we're nostalgic for mostly franchises right and stuff that reminds you of when you were a kid wow it's funny i do think that people of older generations didn't have as many children's things to watch so we're watching. Uh, yeah, the, the, the things that demand things. you grow up are different in yeah. the time period. Uh, and yeah, the 50s. I find this entire season fascinating in that regard of like, oh God, there's no TV yet. Yeah, well, it did exist because we have uh, our favorite show, La Mijas. No, oh, sorry. you're right. TV does exist. What is it called? Sorry. Uh, uh, oh, oh Mija. Mija. Yeah, you're right. No one has one. Yes. I think it's much less common right. to have a TV. But way easier to be the biggest show on TV. That's true. Yeah. There's only four. So uh, Ethel is staying with Betty. Who I guess is her friend. Not that they talk about anything during their time together. But Alice tells Betty to go to Ethel's house and grab her another change of clothes. Do you remember this? Do you remember Betty going to Ethel's house? In the show? I yeah. guess. Yeah. Do you remember what she finds in, in Ethel's house? She finds the papers? The book. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Because like, I, the rest of the episode, she's just like, I found this book. Oh, that makes. And sense. it's like Betty, where did you find the book from? So she found it in Ethel's house. Yeah, Betty, who who could you possibly <laughs> talk to who's staying in your house who might know something about this book that you well, found? Ethel, alas, no. no not a conversation. No. She's not invited to the makeout party. 
Yeah, I would think you would invite her just to be nice. I mean, she's kind of going through it right now. Instead, Betty yeah. was like, bye, Ethel. Yeah, I mean, maybe just be My like, boyfriend's taking me to a make-out party that Jughead will be at. Yeah, oh, the guy you like? <laughs> oh, so sorry. Oh, I have so many questions about that make-out party. Have you ever been to a make-out party? No. I think I've been to parties that, like, were not make-out parties by nature, but, like did have spin the bottle. Yeah, I guess I just, my friends weren't uh, uh, that horny. Um, <laughs> That's good. At that point in our development to be like, I don't care who it is. I just got to kiss somebody to, to give it a shot at this party. I think that the thing with these makeup parties is I'm very curious if they actually existed on their own or if they were, made popular by TV and then people started copying them from TV. Totally, right? I don't think that, like, without TV... Without these. Spin the Bottle doesn't become popular. It's just from experience. Yeah, I mean, I've played, like, Spin the Bottle, but I don't think I played it because I was like, what a fun game that... I think it was, like, a TV right. game. Even, like, TV. Truth or Dare has, like, all those yes. connotations because you see it in TV. Yeah, Truth or Dare is, like, you know you don't actually have to. You can just yeah, opt really out. <laughs> That's, like, an option. <laughs> You don't have to, like, right. drink toilet water, actually. Right. Truth or dare is, like, do you want everyone to think you're not cool, or <laughs> do you want to be bullied? Like, what are you... Yeah, and honestly, you get kind of bullied. <laughs> you're gonna get bullied no matter what. Yeah, it's all a form of bullying. Hand, handing others <laughs> the opportunity to command you. Yeah, or in the case of the Truth or Dare film, an evil entity from Mexico. Did you see that? Movie? Yeah, I saw that, and then, like, <laughs> most people got memory hold. And, like, yeah. that movie doesn't exist. Like, most Lucy Hale projects. Okay, here's the thing, though. I've seen Truth or Dare, like, an enormous amount of times. Why? Because I really like the what? movie. I know. Because I really like a good... Do you think about, like, what you would do if you were... Yeah, of course. So, my God. Well, now, I think... They all know the rules of Truth or Dare. The movie, of course. Okay, so Truth or Dare is... Truth or Dare, if you don't do the thing, you die, obviously. But the... The, but it's never truth. It's always dares. Well, so here's here's what happens. So it's very confusing, and they do really... It's hard to explain, but... Because it's not... It's not a very... It's not, like, super well thought through. Yeah, so I guess it's, like, the original game that they were playing. It was, like, they made a rule where it's, like, if some if two people do truths in a row, then you have to do a dare. Right. So that's how they get away with people just telling the truth. Right, right. Yeah. But it wouldn't, wouldn't it be a funny... <laughs> <laughs> the entire time the thing's like truth. dare and then it was like truth hard truth every exactly. time exactly and then it's just like a bunch of people emotionally like letting a lot of stuff out healthy and the demon just be like well someone take a goddamn dare <laughs> yeah it's it's a much different film mm -hmm. it is fun though it's a really good it's a really good like silly little movie i love horror monsters with extremely specific rules yes you know this is a it's a very they do, I will say, they do a good job at explaining why Truth or Dare is the monster. Not as best as one, I think, could. Like, I can't possibly think of a better way. Go see it. Truth or Dare. In theaters now. No. <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon Prime, if you can find it. I was going to say, it's on, like, Tubi or... <laughs> on, on Tubi with so many ads. It's on the CW seed. It's dubbed in Spanish, and it's on Tubi. It's free to watch now. The dark room has a back alley entrance. Oh, sexy. So it's not supposed to be in the same place. It's not beneath Pops. Huh. But it is the same Lebone that's set. I don't know. Do it that way you will. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Clay's poem, I guess, sucks. I really don't have... It, like, it's more the performance, I think, than the writing. Like, I think that... He's they... performing it as, this sucks. 
I think we're supposed to like it, right? Or Did you see the expressions on every character's face? Well, I thought it was like, they're dumb. That was my interpretation. I, 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 I guess, but like this felt like the kind of thing you hear at every slam poetry. And it was like... Yeah, the United States of hate. Like, oh, good, you got it, you know it. I think it was supposed to be Kevin is the only one who sees him. But what does Kevin say? His poem was like really good. <laughs> That's not what he says. He said, Betty's like, I don't get it. And Kevin says, art doesn't have to mean anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Veronica's like, art doesn't have to rhyme. So I'm like, oh, she's smart. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess we're assuming that. Kevin's just smart. like, oh, he's he's gay, interested, and available. <laughs> and I won't admit any of those things to myself. Right. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> and then sobs. Yes. Yeah. Then uh, Tony's performance puts her in skin tight black, which for a 50s audience is uh, sex. She is wearing like a full turtleneck. Yeah. And long pants. Yeah. And they're but like, it's sexy. That is so hot. That's not a skirt. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it covers more of your legs? Yeah. Wow. From Cheryl's perspective, this is the serpent dance. Yes. And she has to leave because it's too... I mean, I will say, Tony is writhing on stage. Like, she is being sexy. Yeah. I thought it was sexy. So, of course, what do you do if you're attracted to a girl and she's really hot, but then you're with a boy and you ask to leave immediately? You, you, you kiss the boy. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Love, uh, I love Archie, though. Please make me straight, Archie. Uh, and she asked him to walk her to school tomorrow. It's cute. But, like, the thing that makes me think is, like, how many relationships in this time period bloomed out of exactly this? Yeah, probably a lot. And, like, how many how many then, like, mothers or fathers told their kids, it was like, yeah, being intimate with a partner isn't supposed to feel good. Like, you're not supposed to enjoy it. God, and, like, John, how long wow. that was perpetrated because of so many people, like, all that stuff. Oh, boy. Wow. No, I'm sure... <laughs> Fuck ton. Yeah. yeah. No, that, yes. 100%. I mean, like, Rock Hudson, a lot mm-hmm. of people at the time, famous people. Betty reads the book and gets the chapter on arousal and, I guess, falls asleep immediately into a group sex dream. Are they all in this dream? It's not... Together? It's, I don't know if it's the same dream, but <laughs> uh, some of them have each other in their fantasies. Betty and Kevin, Veronica and Julian, Cheryl and Archie. It's a lot of red. Yeah, there's so many redheads in this show. Archie fantasizes about a Cheryl who definitely only exists in his head, but is probably closer to the modern day Cheryl than anyone wants to admit. Yeah, sure. Uh, Veronica fantasizes about Archie with Cheryl watching, which I thought was a weird touch. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl fantasizes about Tony. Surprise. Kevin fantasizes about Clay. What? Betty fantasizes pouncing past Kevin and onto Archie. (laughs) She really wants it. Uh, and so the next day, Kevin and Betty are both moments away from realizing they have gay fantasies. But... When Archie and Cheryl walk in as a couple, and they're like, what in the name of straight? Oh, no. Then we get to the patriarchy. Very happy to teach the youth about sex. And flowers. Using diagrams of flowers. Yeah. I could see why this would be confusing. Obviously, by the time we're both in sex education, yes, they show you the diagram of the penis and the vagina. You know, I don't remember having formal sex education in school i don't remember not having it i just don't i i know that we did have it i just but you don't, can't remember anything from it yeah i don't okay, but you know how the body works right yeah no <laughs> i have to eventually figure that out but no it just feels like um because i think my school was pretty chill with it it didn't resonate in any weird way it wasn't okay. like too chaste or too extreme right i guess the the point that the Flowers made me think of was when they show you that diagram, 
of the actual human anatomy. Right. You know, you get teenagers laughing. That's yeah. obviously you're going to get that. And I, as a kid, you're like, stupid, a diagram for penis. And now I'm like, oh, Jesus, I guess I would have been desperate for that at the time to be like, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. Why, why is there a flower down there? That's yeah, what crazy. Is, that's not what that is. No, wild. I mean, I think, yeah, this is probably um, still happening in schools, though, which is kind of I sad. I mean, Florida's doing their best, you know? Oh, they're trying. They're Ron trying DeSantis to... sees this and is like, that's better. Oh, my God. It's obscene and disturbing, and I can't even go Did into Did you hear it. about his thigh food thing? No, oh, what is when, it? When oh. DeSantis would date women, oh, no. he would purposely pronounce Thai food wrong as thigh food, and if they corrected him, he'd end the date then and there because he didn't want to date a woman who would correct him. Because... Because he purposely calls it the wrong word. That's actually absolutely insane. For the best that all of those women did not have to spend any more time with him. I know. I would just be... I think I'd be so confused because I would have. I would never yeah. think somebody... The fuck? Would, right, I was like, thigh food. How do you mess that up that badly? Right, exactly. I think... Are, is he sure that people just didn't silently stop going out <laughs> with him after they realized that? No, I think from what I understand, he got up and left the table if that happened. I... And he would like to make a scene. You know, he loves like, making scenes. I don't even think he's 40 years old. He's like very young. <sighs> he's got some city miles on him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Crazy. Nobody learned anything about sex. <clears throat> and this education produced a generation of adults who are still making decisions in Congress. Get them out of there. Hey. Yeah, that's my political belief. Betty announces <laughs> she's got the real shit. And it's in a book. Wow. Don't want to tell anybody where you got it. Talk to Ethel in any way. She's sleeping in your house. Okay. All right. All right. Veronica, Veronica tells her books are stupid, even though she's about <laughs> to talk about books later. Yeah, um, it's great. The only way to know anything about sex is to have a makeout party. You play games Sure. Like Spin the Bottle, Post Office, Seven Minutes in Heaven, Pony Ride. I think she made that last one up. I, I've never heard of the Post Office either. Yeah, no, that was new to me. I had heard of, obviously, Spin the Bottle and Seven Minutes in Heaven. Yeah. Which seven they, Minutes in Heaven. They, they play in the pilot. Yeah, I didn't even think about that yeah. somehow. And then Veronica just, like, stares at Archie like she's going to consume him. Yeah, she is maybe too much for him. And he's staring at her like, what's going on? Poor Archie. This is truly the dumbest Archie has ever been. Dumb but sweet. But this is like, yeah, this is who Archie is in the comics. And I do think it's funny that, like, this is a character who, if you were trying to sell back in season one, they would be like, this guy's too stupid, right? (laughs) Sexy lamp. He can't be. He's got to be more aware than this. And now by this point, I mean, I'm like... I love him. I Protect love him. him. Yeah, he's better than everybody. I guess this wouldn't really work if this kid was trying to create a fascist gang, but that's okay. You know, I would. I I am so curious how '50s Archie would have reacted to a lot of the same situations because I'm sure I, I I do feel like this is a guy who Hiram truly could have just like taken and molded into that, whatever that he could wanted. Have been scarier, honestly. But not Hiram the actor, who I want to meet, because he sounds fun. Guys. Yes. I think we are. I think I want. Back. I want them both coming in, mid-Atlantic accents. It's going to be great. Veronica tells Betty that boys think they're in charge, but really it's all about female pleasure. Okay, sure. You don't find this to be true? Um, I think it's a funny thing for Veronica to say, because I'm sure in a couple of episodes she's going to be like, I've actually never really had a boy. Right, I feel like she has been in control of no situation she's been in since yes. she's arrived here. I also think she doesn't get close enough to people to make this a thing. Right, but also this is a person who lies to herself on an epic level. 
Yes, this is a key foundation. Number Veronica three. would be shocked to learn about things she did hours ago. Yeah, she doesn't have quite the personality change of Cheryl, but she has a way about her. I, yeah, but I also think all of that's very purposeful with this version of her. Is yes. that today we're very image obsessed. Yeah. They're image obsessed in a very different way. Well, they're more about uniformity, I think. Authenticity isn't even allowed on the table. Yeah. You know? Like, there's an authenticity you all want from your internet celebrities, from us, even, that at that time was, like, the last thing you would want to put in the world. No one can know you about your struggles or anything you're going through. Yeah, I think that she is still image-obsessed, but she is going a little bit against the grain of what that image is. Yeah. Veronica suggests that Betty should be direct with Kevin. She regrets being coy with Archie and will make things clear <laughs> at the party. At which point Cheryl emerges from a bathroom right behind and them. And she's like, I'm going to fuck your totally. boyfriend. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. She just looks at her and Ronnie's like, I'll do it. <laughs> Stop me. Tony checks in on Cheryl. You gay yet? Uh, Cheryl says she's straighter than ever. And Tony sees right through her. Kevin asks Betty to ditch the party and she says, no. Oh, it's boy. happening tonight. <laughs> All I want is to make out with someone who I hope is you, but also might not be. Right. That was very unclear. Right. I, Betty, maybe you would have been happier if he wasn't at the party. Yeah. You, know, you better run off with Archie. Or at least Fangs. Fangs there? Fangs was there, right? Yeah. Julian was an option, I guess. I don't know. We could do some, like, mixing up. Yeah. Kevin sees Clay walk out of the gym shower. And Kevin's like, are you going to the makeout party? And Clay's like, no, Kevin, I'm gay, interested, and available. Only in you. So I was just thinking about this, and this is random, but he's, when he's just out of the shower, you know, he's still, like, glistening. Yeah. That's not water. Like, that's definitely, like, they had to put, like, yes. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that, like, wow. And I was looking at his abs, and I was like, oh, and this is what I wanted to say. I was like, John. Do men feel, when they see a body like that, no. do guys feel like I have to look like that? Or I should look like that? Or people expect me to look like that? I think there's more pressure than there used to be okay. on men For to sure. be like in superhero shape. Like yeah. abs are more valuable commodity than they used to be for sure. Yeah, Mark like, did you that. You know, I look at KJ's body and I'm like, I'll never be able to achieve that. And yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay, um, good. I look at his body and I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm actually kind of close to that. So well, I'm not really that's that. That's good. But like, yeah, there's a pressure. I was just thinking about like Lily Reinhardt. It doesn't Reinhardt. bother me too much though. Because Lily Reinhardt talks all the time about, oh, I don't have like a CW body. And I'm like. Because she's so hot. Exactly. That's how I feel also. Yeah. And so I don't, I understand it as a woman feeling pressure. But I was wondering, I was like, you know, the guys are also shirtless on the show. Yeah. It's like a, also like I know enough about behind the scenes of a shirtless scene in a movie to think when it's like really shredded, that man has not drank water in Right, days. exactly. I mean, even I notice it with myself. If I've been out, sounds weird, but if I've been out drinking the night before, yeah. I'm like, oh, I actually feel like I have more definition in my abs. Totally. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't recommend that as a, as a health tool. No, but like, yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. The, yeah, like those veins that you see, it's because dehydrated yeah yeah when you see Hugh Jackman you're like holy shit look at that body glass of water it's been days uh (laughs) and uh, he has a headache yeah Zac Efron said that he took diuretics for uh Baywatch and it was worth it because we all love the movie Baywatch starring Zac Efron (laughs) and of 
course, because I'd be giving it to glasses. Yeah, yeah, that's huge because today. Sacrifice of the world. It's Twenty One Jump Street and Baywatch. They're right up there next to each other. I love Twenty One Jump. Street. <laughs> See, it's the that's difference. Such a funny movie. Sorry, where were we, guys? Uh, so Archie asked Betty about the sex book because he wants to brush up. And after reading, he thinks he got his hit, but he could use a demonstration. Betty is all too eager. Betty's like, sure, we can make out. Yeah. She brings him close, plays some music, has him ask her to get more comfortable, hand on his thigh. And then Archie grabs a stuffed animal and puts it in front of his crotch and runs out of the room. I'm not sure what Betty thought she was going to do here, but... It's fine. Stupid, sexy lab. Did you know that the, that the book... He's like, this reading? is wrong. I have to go. And then he took her teddy bear. This is natural. They didn't teach me about this. He read the book. I think the book is supposed to be, you know, the Kinsey scale? Have yeah, you heard that? that's like a gay thing, right? Um, it's like, yes, it's like a scale of like how how gay, I guess it sounds weird to say How gay are you? But it's like, you know, it's like if you're a one versus a five, I think, or seven or whatever Is that where that's from in the book? Well, the book, I noticed the name was like Kinsley. Uh So I think it's just... Oh, it's just a made-up person? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But like the Kinsey Institute is like a sexual institute. She would have loved the ethical slut if that was out of that. I forgot who wrote that. I think it's all kind of connected mm-hmm. in some way. Okay, so like we don't know the book is based off. We actually don't know if that book is any better than everything else that they're dealing with. Probably better than the flowers. You have to assume, yeah. right? <laughs> it seems like it's about people. If, it, if she's if Ethel's hiding that book, it's probably good because <laughs> I'm sure her books her parents were like books in general are bad. I hate books. So the game is post office, and apparently in the game of post office, the boys all have an envelope with a number corresponding to one of the girls. Yeah, I don't, it just seems like a weird, is it spin the bottle takeoff or totally. something? Totally, Like, yeah. it's kind of uh, more complicated. And you deliver the envelope with a kiss. What did they think mailmen did? I, apparently, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the idea is like, oh, have you heard like he ran away with the mailman? Right. Is that like the like when people today are like, yeah. the Amazon driver keeps coming by? Right, exactly. <laughs> so Midge wants Fangs, but uh, he gets Cheryl. And then she turns away at the last second, giving him only cheek. Ugh, crude. Uh, Kevin gets Midge, <laughs> and she has to hold his head still to make it happen. <sighs> Jughead gets Betty. Which is, so this you is, just said last week. Oh, whether there's... You were like, it's done, right? We'll never see it again? It's and we bad. were both like, yeah, it's over, right? I think this was weird. Question, though. does jo- Nice to meet you, he says. That's what he said. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like a joke about the game. Or if they had not... Or if but, he's not friends with them, they don't know each other. Right. But they did meet. At least they met well, before. They, were, they all talked together in the season premiere. Why would they say it this way? Like, why would they frame it so that Jughead is so on the outs if he's clearly friends with Archie? He's not friends. You don't think he's even friends with Archie? No, he is friends with these people. I just think this is how the show has always been at this point. Like, it's just... Constantly being like, yeah, and of course they're friends. Be like, they haven't seen each other in four months. Yeah, like, friends do. Right. That's it's... just the energy Riverdale has. Yeah, I guess my question was like, the meet you thing. Does that mean anything? Or is that just a joke? Or I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't know. But there was an energy. I can interpret it as first time, but like he got the invite, so like they must know each other. Yeah. Maybe it's a post-game thing that we don't know because we've never played this insane kissing game. You know, no, this is on them. Listen, if the show wanted to tell me that Jughead doesn't know anybody now, you should you could have made that clear. Uh, and Fair. if this is you trying to make it clear, it's not clear. Not clear. So, but there was go a vibe. Again. There was a vibe. There's right? a vibe. There's something. I don't. I don't know because like this Jughead also comes off as 
asexual. That's what I was thinking too. That was my other thing. There's still time they could do that as well. Which would be cool. Because like that's what uh, yeah, it was. There was a vibe, but like yeah, it, it it could also be like yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. I actually thought that maybe the vibe wasn't the vibe of oh I want I like you and more of a vibe of I remember you. Yeah, I've kissed these before probably. That's what I was thinking like is this a time travel vibe like um, oh it's probably like I think it was a smart thing to do in the script and it might have just been like there's something and that might have just been what the said is like there's something and they played that there was something and yeah. we'll see if anything becomes something but like obviously if those characters kiss there would be something. Yeah. You can't not play it into in any way. True. Archie gets Veronica, all according to plan, <laughs> and she inhales him. Yeah. And gross. he inhales her gum. That was gross. Yeah. I, You know, it's funny. It's like, I know that when people kiss, they're exchanging the fluids in their mouth, but I don't want to eat your food that's been chewed. Well, also, like, I'm spitting out the gum because, like, right. we, one of us could choke on that if this goes wrong. Yeah. Don't do this, people. Safety uh, first. Yeah. Julian gets Tony. He gives her a peck. And she gives him the real thing. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Veronica advises everyone to pair off, at which point Cheryl grabs Archie and runs. Nice. Uh, Julian asks Veronica out. She doesn't want it. So she <laughs> takes Jughead, calling him Holden Caulfield. Okay, this is my favorite moment of the whole scene. Incredible whole, that yeah. it took them seven years to do anything <laughs> close to this. But uh, they both relax, Veronica and Jughead, once they both announce their lack of interest in each other. I love it. And he's surprised she reads it all with the Caulfield pull. Yeah, of course she reads. TV doesn't exist yet. Not at that level. <laughs> There's no HBO. There's no internet. She's <laughs> it's The only time you can have similar interests is when there aren't more options. I, I will say, though... Veronica and Jughead actually do have a lot in common. Yeah. They don't have the obvious markers in common, but they both read. Right. They both are pop culture savvy. If, if anything, the fundamental flaw with both of them is that they want to date someone dumber than them. Damn. Well, I don't think Jughead wants to date somebody dumber than him. I True. I think Veronica explicitly does. <laughs> yeah, Veronica does. Want to be the smartest and coolest person in the relationship. And yes. Jughead doesn't expect anyone to be like him. You know, he gave up on that a long time right. ago. He's weird. He's a but weird Betty guy. was someone better than him in his eyes who loved him anyway. And, like, that was the whole yeah. deal. And Veronica is so much closer and further from him in that, like, she's well-read, smart in that way, but she's more business than him. But, like, because she's money and he's not. It's a big divide. And, like, yeah, it's always been an interesting idea, and it's wow, season seven, and now we're, we're thinking about putting them in the same room. There's something to it. They're, like they're, it. they're not, it's not wrong. They get along about monster movies. Yeah, that was cute. I really like it. from the Blank Lagoon. Nothing makes me, you know, it's, it's fun. It's also like, where was this years ago, guys? Why yeah. are we only discovering things like this now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. I am curious where it's going to go, though, because if you've seen the trailer for the season, I think they kiss. What? I know. Like in a hot tub to make other people mad? Yeah, totally. Oh, it's a flashback. Oh, oh no. Crazy. It happened again. Betty puts a hand on Kevin's thigh, straddles, and kisses him. He's not... Oh, she's Betty. not feeling it. She knows it's not happening. He gently pats her back. Oh. And she has to move his hands onto her boobs. Oh. She's doing all the work. It's okay, Kevin. He's not getting hard. He's like, what if we just kiss? Aww. Oh. Oh. God. <laughs> it must be so painful to not know 
that someone is not attracted to you in this way. Well, I feel like, yeah, this is like, I would feel like I'm going crazy. If right, I'm exactly. He's like, don't break up with me. I love you. Okay, but... can we be physical with each other? Absolutely no, not. That's I don't feel line. comfortable doing that. It's, yes. But don't date anyone else. I need you. Yeah, you need to be in my, my beard, I my guess. Beard. I'm thinking about growing out a beard, and then I realized I already had you. So <sighs> She'll figure it out, and she'll be accepting, and it'll be fine. So here's a um, scene I'm struggling to figure out. Cheryl and Archie navigate their own maze, so to speak. She's like, leave room for the Holy Spirit. And uh-huh. he tells her he's just so nervous and excited because of her experience with college guys. Because mm-hmm. Julian said. And she honestly tells him she's never been with any guy. And then she pushes him down and says she's certain they can figure it out. Which I'm like, why? What happened to the room for the Lord? It was earlier in the same scene. I think, And yeah. you just, it doesn't seem like nothing he said feels like they are something that could that would make you choose to do this right now. I think th- my interpretation of it was that once she realized that she played that hand, that she that he was like, oh, you must have all this experience. And she was like vulnerable and said, oh, I don't. And then she was like, oh, wait, nope. I have to go back. I have to kind of protect my image or whatever. I guess. I don't really get that read from her, though. I'm very curious if they actually had sex. Do you think that they did? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this was another Cheryl is No, I think they did it. Um, I think it was like, you know, they're having sex. And every now and then, like, he's like, Lottie. And then, like, he's saying Lottie. And she's got her hand on him. And it's like, what Uh, is that? Is this, like, a threesome? What is going on here? Is this all on his head? Is it real? Chatting about Like, they just keep cutting in between Yellow Jackets. We're yapping about Yellow Jackets. Oh, man. (laughs) Also, you know, I realized that Hill Jackets comes out on Friday. It doesn't come out on Thursday or Sunday. <laughs> I'm so convinced. Friday? Isn't that a weird That's bad day? for them. I don't understand. Friday is famously the worst night. Maybe they're just so confident that people won't watch it until they're, they're, Sunday. Maybe, I wonder if, like, on their own, like, the Showtime app or, you know, actually, Showtime's on every app for some reason. I don't or they're just like, either. oh, yeah, it gets a lot of views on Sunday. Yeah, not, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, we should give it a weekend so people watch it. But then, like, yeah, why Friday? I don't know. You know, I think I know why it's not Sunday. Because of House of Dragons? Oh, wait, that's not on Severance. anymore. Severance. Severance. No, not Severance. The other one, Succession. Succession. I get them confused in my brain. They're all the same in my brain, and that's why I don't watch it. I've heard Severance is, I think Severance might be more my thing than Succession. But I have not given either a chance. Severance had a really cool season finale that probably could have been just as strong if it were episode four or five rather than episode ten. Okay. Ten episodes. Oof. Big movement. Well, that's one season. Yeah. And there's another one? How many episodes is this show? Oh, 120? <laughs> that's a bad more than ten. <clears throat> Yikes. Wow. Crazy. It just felt like it was time for Cheryl to have sex with Archie, and so they just kind of did. I feel bad for Cheryl. I didn't have sex with KJ Alpha. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> What's she going to do? Uh, Betty calls the party a disaster in her diary. because She wants Archie. There he is across the window. Then uh, Cheryl comes to breakfast showing off a hickey. Yeah, She's so- like, I did it. And her mom's like, well, not like that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I want you to be, you know, in a relationship, but not like fucking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think it's always weird to boast to your mom that you're having sex with That's the thing. This also comes across much more like modern Cheryl. I did it. I've been pinned in multiple senses of the word. What happened? I don't know. I think she's 
Maybe, okay, so here's here's a theory we can explore, whether their present-day personas bleed through at all. That, are these the same people? But that's what I'm saying. If that were happening, I feel like that would be in the text. Yeah. Like when Rivervale did it. That's true. Yes, there was that. There is a precedent there. We don't have any, whoo, what's going on? I just had deja vu moments. Right. Not Maybe like, we'll get there, though. We haven't even pulled back up on the beanie. Oh, yeah. Jughead has a beanie that he's just like, whatever, whoop. Jughead has a better hat than what he's wearing. Yeah. But he won't wear it. And warmer. Warmer for mm. the snow. <laughs> Jughead doesn't have parents. We never really followed through on that. Nope. Police uh, search his home when he's not there. Nobody cares that nobody is there. It's fine. It's okay. Let him let him live by himself with a dog and a train. I hope there's a bathroom there. Kevin's combing his hair in his locker mirror when Betty appears like a Mars monster in a horror movie. <laughs> Uh, she gives him the sex book that nobody will acknowledge she took from Ethel's memory <laughs> and tells him finals are coming up and it's time to start cramming. I don't think she understands what he's going to find. This is book. so funny because I feel like if any straight teenage boy had this happen to him, he'd be delighted. <laughs> yeah, I think... Betty, I mean, she probably doesn't know anyone and, who's gay. You know, it would be funny if Kevin read the book and was like, oh, I'm definitely gay. <laughs> like, as he's that, reading about it, like, ah, okay, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. Betty, Betty, did she read the whole book? Because I do think that that is. I think just better. the arousal section. Yeah, she's like, skip, 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 yeah, skip. Boring. Skip. No, you know what? Talk about me. <laughs> she'll, she'll get there. It's going to come out for her. She'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Then there's Tony and Veronica. Tony's playing the long game. Yeah. Ignoring Rizzo. Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo? Oh, I guess it's supposed to be Rizzo. Rizzo. Didn't put it together. Uh, I was like, Lizzo, yeah. like the performer. Like the, yeah, of course. And Veronica's not ruling Jughead out now. Interesting. I think they're just going to be friends. <clears throat> I I would like it if they explored Jughead being asexual, actually. I think that would be very cool. Yes, but I also think it would be fun if Veronica tries to date Jughead. They together discover he's asexual. And she promises to keep it secret or, or promises to like be his friend with this, whatever, because like that would be cool to be like, oh, they're, they could be friends for yeah. something that is completely theirs. You know? Yeah. I would like them to form a nice little friendship. Right. I liked it. I liked what I saw. And it was it, nice that Camilla and Imagining a world like groundbreaking when the show began that Betty and Veronica were friends. Right. Imagine a world now where Veronica and Jughead are friends also sounds groundbreaking. It does. Yeah. I mean, I guess Veronica and Jughead have some sort of a relationship in the comics, but nothing crazy. Like, yeah, they're just friends. Yeah. Uh, Jughead doesn't date anybody in the comics right. except hamburgers, conceptually. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, not literally. It's not a house of the hamburgers kind of bad. No one's caught him doing it, at least. Yeah, it's true. that's true, I guess. Anyway, that brings us to the meat grinder. Nothing like Ethel's story has ever happened in Riverdale. Oh. That's a lie, but it's the 50s. You don't know any better. Exactly. The riots haven't happened yet. They're like, have you haven't heard about Percival? <laughs> it does. Back when we future, founded. But it's a whole thing in the past as well. Anyway, the blood was her parents' blood, but she Bummer. tells the patriarchy she did not stab them to death. Do you think she hammered them to death? Yes. See, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Ethel. Ethel said the milkman killed her parents. And they're like, Willie? The 70-year-old milkman? Which is like such a con- it's like an like an out-of-time concept to be like, not only do you really have a milkman, you know his name because he genuinely comes to deliver milk to you every day. So how many like people does he have to do this for? Have you how many times have you woken up and you need milk and there's none in the house? 
This know? happens to me all the time because I eat cereal for breakfast most days. And when I don't have milk, I'm, oh God, I would love a guy delivering milk Just to my right doorstep there. on the daily. See, here's In a glass container, I give back at the end of the day. That sounds great. I'm obsessed with like having supplies in my house uh-huh. like that. So I get very anxious if I don't have my cereal. Oh, supplies. Milk. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's always like I don't realize I'm out until the next morning, and then I'm like, oh right, I said I was supposed to go to the grocery store for this. Yeah. No, I. It's and now a terrible it's six a.m. and I and the only thing I hate more is going to the grocery store at six a.m. for just cereal supplies. Right. Exactly. Because then yes, the cereal is an easy breakfast. That's the point of it. It's not of easy to get your. Of course, yeah. Now, now I'm unhappy. <laughs> Jughead says, bring him in for questioning. I want to know what this guy did to my friend Ethel. My just friend Ethel. <laughs> oh, I think she killed her parents. It's possible. I have two theories I have, about this. I have, I, have fun, I have a fun one too. But uh, Hal questions why Alice would bring Ethel back to their home. Alice thinks this is the least we can do. And Hal disagrees. But then again, he did just kill Ethel's parents. Right. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, if it's not Ethel, it is definitely Hal. Hal Cooper killed Ethel's parents. And he's like, you brought her to our house. Fuck. That's only going to tie me to it more. I also love how he, like, the least you could do is nothing. So so you could not do You could have done less. You could have done as much as you did for all the uh, the kids when Emmett Till was murdered. Right, nothing, exactly. <laughs> Less than nothing. Yeah. Betty says she's making up her sister's old room for Ethel. We so got we a do Polly. Polly. Polly exists, or some other girl. Yeah. Ethel starts talking, realizing they probably think she did it. Probably she did do it. Uh, and she has <laughs> no alibi because she was busy teaming up with Hal to kill her parents. I actually would love that. That would be a fantastic way to do that. Jughead thinks her milkman story sounds familiar. He doesn't figure out from where until a little bit later, but he sneaks into the sheriff's office to talk to Ethel, and they said the milkman wasn't their guy, Willie. And she's scared because she drew a super boss cover, wherein a girl who looks like her shoves her parents into a meat grinder. To be fair, I don't think that's how they died. And it's in her hope chest. Yeah. You never had a hope chest? That feels like I, a period-specific thing. I actually did have a chest that like my aunt made for me. It was like, really what cute. Is a, hope chest i don't know but i had a chest that my my aunt made it for me and it was like decorated with photos and stuff it was really cute but i don't think it was like oh this is like your quintessential hope chest uh hope chest a chest containing household linen and clothing stored by a woman in preparation for her marriage oh so a hope chest was traditionally a thing you had so that you were hoping that by the time you were married you'd have all of the sheets you need or you hope your parents one day get pushed into a meat grinder same deal it same basic happen. deal yeah, yeah. So, so jughead grabs the drawing but also finds a comic <gasps> pit of the perverse number one a collector's item in which the milkman is a murderer uh, it just really does seem like ethel did this <laughs> why because of all the clues because of all the and clues the, and the evidence and the evidence and the fact that our parents were monsters yeah and, 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 and we haven't seen anything to turn us against it you know what it was you know what yeah. it probably was uh she they were there it was all going down and then someone knocked the door and it was a shady man and we can't really account for a certain period of time but next thing we know he's dead and we're like we gotta get pete we gotta get some pete on <laughs> yeah, what what that's from this show <laughs> that's from season two or oh, three of this show shady man <laughs> And then they put him in the He's tunnel. like dead in the middle of the yes. Cooper house. And they're like, we got to do something about this guy. Chick killed him? Or she? Or Alice? Unclear. We never Unclear. saw the moment where it happens. And you're supposed to assume 
Alice did it. Yeah, that's what I thought we were supposed to assume, but we never I think Chick did whatever, uh, man. Yeah. Either way, it wasn't good. Situation was bad. Anyway, Pit of the Perverse was a very popular comic book and everybody read it. And Jughead thinks this must be a coincidence because otherwise it would mean Ethel murdered her parents who were bad. Get here faster, Jughead. <laughs> Get there faster. This guy doesn't solve crimes. No, this guy just does comic books. <laughs> this guy looks at Stonewall Prep and he goes, couldn't be me. Yeah. <laughs> you kids have fun. <laughs> Do you think they're alive? Do you think Brett's in the 50s somewhere? Is this around the time period where Jughead's uh, grandpa would be? Oh God damn it! Doing that whole thing. Is Jughead his own grandfather? Have you ever heard that song? I'm my own grandpa. No, but like that's a thing from science fiction time travel stories. Oh, this isn't a time travel thing. This is. It's. I'll send you lyrics. It's a thing. It's like a song. So the patriarchy calls Jughead in. They want to know if he broke into Ethel's because they have a report of a teen in a crown in the area, (laughs) and he's like, "That could be anybody." I really like how he acts here. Like, fit, like I think that Cole's physicality is really interesting. He's playing weird of a different generation. Yeah, I like it, though. They want to know if Ethel is his girlfriend. He says, God, no! Can people stop trying to put that on me? Yeah, he really does not want that. I don't want to date her. I never want to date her. Um, Poor Ethel. I yeah, get why she She's just a like person. This, God, he Ethel killed her parents. I'm sorry, guys. It they, really seems obvious to me. They call Jughead an odd duck loner. She tells him, I'm not an odd duck loner because I'm going to a cool party tonight. <laughs> Isn't that actually kind of sad, though? Like, there's something about the difference between this Jughead and, like, the present Jughead where he's, like, offended. Well, if this Jughead would just wear a leather jacket, he wouldn't look like <laughs> such, like, a skinny little weirdo all the time. Just one leather jacket. But I feel like leather jackets were a lot more loaded at that time. Yeah. Like, you can't just wear a leather jacket. I was just thinking about, like, the S sweater, but then realizing, no, even the present, he wore an S t-shirt a lot. Yeah, and no, did. And there's still, like, that S doesn't stand for anything. No. It's like the kid in Rocket Power with the N on his t-shirt. It's oh. like, what is that for, Sam? We never find out, right? I think it's like he was originally from Nevada or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's like an inside joke. That's a good show. Everyone stares at Ethel like she's a murderer back at school, only because she murdered her parents. And then Jughead says, this will blow over. And then when they announce it, they go, it's not blowing over. You got to come to the patriarchy's (laughs) office. And inside there, they announce that they searched his train car without his permission and found the meat grinder drawing. So you can't beat the patriarchy of the 50s. I got to say, though, if you didn't kill her off the... Like, it's not like somebody dragged him. You didn't grind them. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, like, you can hate your parents. and But it's not like the, I mean, it does look like Ethel, but it's not like, oh my god, it's totally the parents. Right. I mean, I didn't get that good of a look at them, but I think it was just like a girl with brown hair and a man with hair also. And that's all I remember. They had faces. I don't remember what kind. I think it's fine. Yeah. I do think Ethel killed her parents, but I don't think. <laughs> and she should go to jail for that. <laughs> right, right. But, you know. Not because of the drawing, because of the real evidence. Yeah. That she clearly did it. <laughs> There's uh-huh. no one else who could have committed the crime. It's like the John Mulaney thing where it's like how they solved crimes in, in the before DNA. Where it's like, oh, there's blood on the ground. Gross. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do something about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure this is how they're dealing with the investigation. Well, that's the end of the episode. So let's go through some of our superlatives. Oh my god, okay. Do you have so... some fly fifties fashion you wanna call on? 
Tony's Tony's Tony all black good. number. Yes, let's do that. That was good. I mean, honestly, I like all the clothes now. Yeah, the clothes are really good. I can't really be mad about any of it except being like, Jughead, any jacket any, would yeah. solve your frame problem. But that's more, that's a Jughead problem. It's just cold outside, you know? Yeah. I, I get, is it cold? I have no idea. It's hard to tell. Every shot, they, a lot of sh- Tony shots this week, I'm like, her nose looks really red. Is she oh, cold? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it could be that. That is interesting. There's a... <laughs> On TikTok, I keep watching, like, Gossip Girl clips where, so they used to wear, like, dresses and, like, you know, short skirts and stuff. It was very, like, fashion. Right. But, but now it's aged? Well, no, no. It, it was so cold on the set. Like, sometimes they'd be filming for spring, but it was 40 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. So they'll wear Uggs and sweatpants, like, under their dresses. And they'll <laughs> so the wides them. are, like... Yes. So there is one time where, uh, not Veronica, Serena is in a restaurant and she's wearing, like, a skin-tight dress for, like, a nice, like, lunch. Mm-hmm. And they didn't frame the camera. So you see her in, like, baggy sweatpants. And ugly. it's so funny. because I really funny. I didn't watch it at the time and think of it, but it's very well, yeah, obvious. Like, it's, I know there's a lot of shows that when they're on streaming now, if they're from a certain time and they were filmed in 4 by It filmed in 16 by 9 cut to 4 by 3 for TV they'll like open it back up for streaming. Yeah. And so like some of those Buffy episodes you can find online now, the lighting is all off and like there's things in the shot that shouldn't be because... It had to be expanded. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. But at least nobody's wearing like sweatpants under like their outfits. But that's the thing. Like it would be really funny if like that was what you got. Yeah. And so like I would watch that version of Gossip Girl. That same scene, but yeah. she's in sweats and I'm that's like, so that sounds hotter. <laughs> It's really weird. <laughs> it's still like complete outfit, sweatpants. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so, I'm going to send you the clip. It's great. But yeah, they could have, uh, I was just thinking they could have just put them in pants and like a cute sweater, but not the vibe, I guess. I don't know. Best boy or girl in Riverdale. I think Betty does a lot of work here. You know, she's given the book. Yeah. Um, Ethel for killing our awful parents. Like, yeah, I, I don't wish I had like a really strong answer. Like I want to give it to Tony again for I guess organizing the darkroom poetry night that <laughs> turned she, on a generation. She organized an yeah, event. She made that happen. Really exciting. She booked Clay, so she yeah. knew she could get Kevin to show up. There you go. She actually masterminded. She's been playing. Huh. She she walked into town and was like, "Gay, gay, gay. I'll fix this." I'll like, there we go. Everybody will come to my poetry reading. Some psychological warfare. It'll be great. Tony's good. I mean, her outfit is cute, so she gets both of those awards. And then, what is... Back to the... Oh! Who's um, back? Guess who's back? Sheriff Keller's back. Sheriff Keller's back. He's the same as ever. Same as ever. There is another sister of Betty in existence, if it's Polly or someone else, we're not really sure. I do think it's interesting. I don't think she said Polly. No Nana Blossom in this episode. No Nana Blossom. Fingers crossed we don't see her again. Oh, man. I like Nana Blossom. I'm over the shtick. I like the shtick. I'm I'm after the shtick. So, rumor mill. We kind of alluded to it. Who the fuck killed Ethel's parents? Ethel. Yeah. It's Ethel or Hal. You know, it's obvious if it's Ethel. (laughs) Ethel? Is is that your... Ethel. Yeah, yeah. Your combo. No, it's obvious if it's Ethel. Because, like, it looks like it was Ethel. Yeah. And if it's Hal, it's like, oh, is the bit like, ha, huh, Black Hood, White Milkman. Like, that's, that's it? Or, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Should I be worried about the Milkman as a recurring thing? The only 
reason I think it might not be Ethel is because <clears> the <throat> whole if the whole theme of the season, and maybe it's not, but maybe if it's been towards justice and Ethel is unfairly thrown in prison for something, like you've seen like this, not the Central, well, yes, the Central Park Five, but um, I'm thinking specifically of the Memphis Three. Do you know what that is? So they were basically accused of being like Satan worshippers and killing like children in this small town. Um, is it Memphis Three? I can't remember if that's what it's know. called. But there was like a documentary about it, its whole thing. Um, and these kids were basically like thrown in prison for many, many years for killing and like a child or something. Yeah. Um, and it was because they were into like certain music and certain books and whatever. So I could see it being something like that where it's like, oh, Ethel likes horror. So now she is being considered a murderer. But in, if it's justice that we're trying to serve, she's going to be like redeemed and the real killers on is going to be captured. Maybe it's not about the killer. Ooh. Um, I'm wondering if they're headed for more of like a moral panic story. Yeah, well, that's exactly what this right? would it's be. It's like yes. we've got these adults who want to control these kids and define right and wrong for them. And um, maybe this will become a thing where if there are more murders that are also uncannily similar to stories from pet comic books, then there could be a whole like, we have to ban all the comic books. Oh, you know, we yeah. got to destroy pet comics. That can't exist anymore. We have to take, take, take more things from these kids that will end up better and the kids will have to revolt or something. That would be cool. You know, that's a really good idea. <laughs> that's fun. I learned a lot about moral panics in college because, like, I was a media studies major, and mm -hmm. that is kind of all you learn about in college when that's your major. Um, Why did media change? Well, <laughs> parents. <laughs> whole thing. It's very interesting, though. But, yeah, West West Memphis 3? Anyway, do, do you saw Trial and Error, right? Yeah. So, you know, at the end of season two, they get a phone. They finished season two. Oh, okay. I'm going to spoil something for you because it's Do they not... get her? That Kristen Chenoweth, did they get her? Well, she clearly did it. <laughs> she tells them she did it. That's yeah. where I got to in the show. Yeah, I I don't remember what happens. But I remember at the very last thing, it's somebody calling the office and being like, oh, I'm here calling you about like the Mississippi Five. We really got to go save those seven kids. <laughs> and it's just like very funny. <laughs> and that's what that is. But yeah, but that's my... I think that's a good theory about Pep Comics. It's weird to introduce it, have it be such a big part, and not have it come back. Yeah. It does fit into this time period and the many others because this happens actually kind of a lot with movies, books, video games, etc. Yeah. Um, could also be how, but I kind of hope not. I don't know. Because mm -hmm. then it's like a... Unless right, it's, we've seen that before. Yeah, unless it's like... I mean, it could be like... Also, why would he kill Ethel's parents? right. Unless we find out something crazy, but maybe they put themselves yeah. in the meat grinder. It is also like my theory doesn't answer who killed Ethel's parents. It's just like a response to the killing of Ethel's parents. Right. And maybe that is the point, but... I mean, it could be that some random person in town kills Ethel's parents. Right. It's that, it's that, um, that, that guy who escaped from prison who oh. pretends to be like a trucker, but just like murders people and like Cheryl oh. beat him with that fire. Remember that time when she like hit a guy over the head with fire? You know who no. Oh no, sorry, that was Veronica. Veronica, like, boom, and then runs out. But that guy wasn't the trash bag killer. <laughs> that one guy wasn't the trash bag killer. But he just was bad. I do, it would be fun if hmm. 
<laughs> the milkman is the trash bag Keller. Yes, yeah, like I back. saw your future and there was milk. Oh no! <laughs> Doesn't play as well. No, you throw out milk <laughs> when it's old. Oh, it smells terrible. It becomes trash. <laughs> this is how it works. If it's you, an evolution. Yeah, this is the guy who inspires the trash bag killer. All the dots when you just look close enough. I miss him. Yeah, and I think he misses us. You know, I don't realize what I've got until it's too late. Yeah. You know, I didn't know Brett was, I loved him yeah. until he was dead. Yeah, Brett and is. And then as soon as I landed on the fun bit for the trash bag killer. <laughs> He's gone too. Yeah. If you have another fun bit, John, don't don't say it. Because you're going to lose it. It's the final season. I have to say it. Oh, man. I, I think even if Ethel didn't kill her parents, we should just say that she did. <laughs> like, even if they conclusively tell us that that's not true. Yeah. She did to me. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you say that, but, like, conspiracy also, boards are still pretty active. Ethel killed her parents. Also, I will say... Like, how it, long? It better be a meat grinder. Somebody better have dragged a meat grinder into their house. <laughs> An industrial-sized Fargo-like meat grinder. Much like how Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Right. Um, Ethel did murder her parents in a meat grinder. Yeah. Canon. I love that. Hey, what are you watching? Oof. Well, I talked about this already. Class of 2007. One episode left. I'm obsessed with it. What else am I watching? New season of Good Trouble. I love Good Trouble. Um, You know, it's just consistently enjoyable for you guys. I really thought that show ended. No, that show actually just keeps getting renewed. People keep doing well. Keeps getting renewed. Good for them. There's so many characters that the storyline feel. Yes, yeah. it's a very big ensemble. Like so really? much. So it was just the three girls. No. I'm thinking of a different show entirely. What show are you thinking of? What's the one with the three girls that you really liked on Freeform? Pretty Little Liars. No, on Freeform, not ABC Family. It oh, was more summer? recent. It's more not that recent. Three girls. Make it or break it. Absolutely not. There are three girls, though. No, but that's not the one I'm talking about. One of them's black, two of them are white, one of them was just in the White Lotus. Oh my god, The Bold Type. Thank you. The Bold Type did end. Yeah. I love... That's the show I was thinking of. I love that show. Right, because Good Trouble is the Foster spinoff. Yes. That girl has played that character for... For a really long for time. For like two decades now, or not that much? Probably, I mean, at least ten years, but probably more. I don't know when the, good, when the Fosters came out. It's wild. Yeah, but I will say the show feels very different from The Fosters, so even though she's playing the same character, I don't think you'd be that bored, okay. because it feels, it's like mostly a different cast, and now Callie, her sister, mm-hmm. is not on the show anymore. I knew it. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she, a very, just her now. A very long time ago, I went to an event, and I remember her saying that, I was like, oh, like, what made you want to sign on? For this show, and she was like, "Yeah, like honestly, like I, you know, I love to be back, and you know, my contract's only for X amount of years, so you know, if this goes, like," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And I think she even stayed beyond that. So yeah, until she did, until she did. But you know, she's from Australia, and she's come back. Okay, hold her. on, no, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Okay, the Australian one left the show, and the yes. Asian one's still on the show. Um, I think she's Latina. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I'm even more shocked. I really expected the Australian girl to be the one who would go the distance on that show. Well, she's she was on it for a long time. I feel time. like she's the bigger, no offense to the other girl, it's just I feel like she's the bigger face. Of the show. Interesting. 
she was. I don't know if that's true. Played off as the lead of the Fosters. She was definitely the lead of the right? Fosters. And she had like that Netflix movie with KJ Apa and like, oh, a few other yes. things. And like this other girl, I only know as the sister from the Fosters. She has been in other things. I cannot name it off the top of my head now, but I think she's been in a couple of movies also hmm. that I can't think of. But she's great. They're both great. Uh, but yeah, she's from Australia, the yeah. Australian one. Yeah. And so I think that was a big thing. She wanted to go back to that makes sense. Australia. Yeah. So she maybe is there now. I'm not really sure. Who's to say? Who's to say? Is, is Australia even real? I love. I love. Uh, I love that show so much. But it's just a very comforting show, mm-hmm. and I relate to it because it's like people living in LA, people like struggling with things and it's like a lot of different people. So it's like a lot of different, like there's one character who is like an activist and now she's in like public policy and it's like, okay, so it's not, I'm not in public policy, but I can understand living in LA, like the issues Mm -hmm. that are specific to LA Mm -hmm. and how she's struggling to like deal with them because, you know, it must be so frustrating from a public policy standpoint to, to figure out okay, well, how are we going to house these people? And, oh, this politician is kind of talking out of both sides of her mouth. And can I trust her? Well, she says she's doing the right thing. Do I build a women's center or a homeless shelter here? It's fun. It's a, it didn't sound fun when I described just those three things, but it's a good show. What are you watching? You remember how like I was talking about seeing the D&D movie with my D&D players? Did you see it, John? So they all come in for that last game of D&D, and they're all like, hey, the movie's great. And I'm like, oh. Oh. Oh, is the movie great? I would be so mad. I thought we were gonna see it together. That's annoying. Uh, and so I didn't see it with my D&D party. I saw it with my roommate who has never played D&D and told me after the movie ended that he spent the whole movie wishing he could ask me what everything is on screen. Did he ask you in the car? No. It's also like a frustrating thing where he's like, this is what it must be like to be my girlfriend next to me during a superhero movie. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think... Like, you wouldn't be saying that if the books didn't exist to know all this information from, because Star Wars came out, that first Star Wars, and they're like, yeah, all these things exist, and no one's like... Right, because there's no source Right, no one's like, this is breaking my immersion because I don't know what those terms are, and I haven't done the research ahead of time. That's true. Also, is... Okay, so, I mean, I've only played it once with you, but isn't Dungeons & Dragons less a specific lore and more of like a world building game i'm noticing a lot of people i talk to say that and that's because uh you played it with me oh i homebrew my a lot of stuff for my game my setting is one i've invented yeah but there are official dungeons and dragons books published and they include uh, uh guides to different campaign settings uh the sword coast is where the movie takes place in a place called the forgotten realms which is their most popular one but they have like a bunch of them so like you have named places like the city of neverwinter in the movie and named characters and named monsters and named spells and so you can tell whatever story you want in that setting with those rules and components as it and that counts as a dungeons and dragons story so in a way it's even easier to adapt than Right. anything else and yet at the same time it's been obviously such a struggle for such a long time because the truth is what you want out of a D&D movie is just one solid D&D adventure right and then make another one you know this one was really good actually yeah, and so I'm fun. like I hope you're good enough to just make another one not a sequel yeah not even the same cast just a different movie set in the same I mean I would worlds. think that would be more fun yeah 
Because then it's like, yeah, you don't need to build on... You don't need to build a franchise. These characters are pretty much done anyway. Like, not not in the sense that, like, they don't have any more juice in them, but just, like, it's very complete. And I would be fine with them, you know, not being the center of any future story you want to tell. It reminds me of... I don't know if this is the right comparison, but kind of like Shrek. Is that, like, the story they're telling? It is in the sense that, like, the these settings have iconic characters in them. There yeah. are some from the books. And this movie isn't adapting any of those, you yeah. know? If any names are from books, they're, like, off in the margins, and you just have these original characters in the story, and that's kind of the energy of it. Yeah. Interesting. But I wouldn't call it Shrek-like in that it is so... It's not a parody. Yeah, right? It's not. It, it's not it, your it, highness. It, it is, no, it's absolutely not your highness. It, but it is, <laughs> right? It is just people living in that kind of world where it's like Chris Pine's wife dies and he has to make sure to add in such a way where she can't be resurrected. That's actually Because really we do live in a world where people can come back from the dead. But my wife is dead dead. Wait, why? Is there a reason? It's like a special dagger from like oh. these specific undead uh, wizards that are the main villains of the movie. So it's like, can't be resurrected. That sucks. Right. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer time. It seems fun, though. It seems like a movie. It is. A, like, I think adorable. you would probably have an easy time getting on board with it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I like, I feel like we have lacked in the last couple of <clears> years, <throat> or maybe even like longer than the last couple of years, we've really lacked movies that are fun for the sake of being fun and not for the sake of a world that's going to be a big blockbuster franchise that we It does up. feel like there's always a lot of pressure on a movie right now where it's like you don't you can't just be your movie right you have to be the starting point for seven different stories and this one really they just came in and they're like yeah um thieves messed up they gotta fix the mistake they made that's the plot and that's uh, yeah that's easy that's good that's solid i liked it and it was under three hours long it feels like every movie anyone suggested to me the last Year was like, do you want to see this three hour long movie that's really depressing? Plus a half hour for previews. Plus, of course, right. It takes yeah. longer than that for the movie to start. Yeah, that's the thing. Now I just assume all movies are just like four hours. So I can't see a movie at nine. It's hard. If I don't really want to see a movie, I won't see it. Yeah, I get that at home too. Where the yeah, roommates will same. be like, you guys want to watch a movie? I'm like, it's 9.30. We're going to fall asleep during this movie. I fall asleep during every movie pretty much I see if I'm not in the theater. I mean, if I'm on the comfortable part of my couch, game over. Yeah, exactly. Right there. All Sometimes the, the movies even do it. I was watching John Wick 3, 4, sorry. You know how long John Wick 4 is? Three hours. It's like three hours long. Yeah, yeah. no. And I in see. the middle, I'm like, I'm about to fall asleep while John Wick kills a million people. How is this putting me to sleep? I will say, I just remember <laughs> us going to see Phantom Thread and us like falling asleep on both sides of Ian. <laughs> because I'm so sorry I did not like that movie. I'm sure it's a good movie. I didn't like right. it. And then, you know, I see the trailer for Barbie and I'm like, this was like a blast. That How are they so nailing fun. this so hard? I love it. I'm excited for Barbie. Barbie looks great. I'm trying to think of anything else looks good right now. It's really just Barbie. A bunch of trailers just dropped. Um, there's like a trailer for the next Indiana Jones, which oh, yeah. hook-wise sounds more compelling than the last Indiana Jones, which I defend. Are we just... Shia LaBeouf's just not He's here. not in it. Uh, yeah. Now we get um, Fleabag. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's honestly a step up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, given the last couple of years of Shia LaBeouf, it's 100% a step up. But in general, it would have been, regardless. Yeah. yeah. But I'm excited. Barbie's going to be great. 
Uh, it's coming out sooner than I remember. Yeah. And I guess Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out in May. And that's the end, right? That's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. James Gunn is like, all right, bye. I have to go make DC now forever. Doesn't that feel like a huge conflict of interest? He made the Suicide Squad for them. Right. Why would it be a conflict of interest? Well, I know that you're not usually allowed to... I mean, that's a huge, like... You can make movies for like Joss Whedon made Justice League and the Avengers. Yeah, that's true. Crazy though that that's JJ Abrams did Star Trek and Star Wars. I guess this is very common. It just feels like it shouldn't be. It's it's (laughs) honestly sadder in that the industry keeps going. Well, you made the exact same thing for our rival, so we know we can trust you to make it for us. I know. I'm surprised because there was this um there's this article that came out which is not quite the same where. An executive at Disney got fired because she was an executive producer on that, um, oh my God, Argentina 1985 movie, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you, and that was for Amazon and it became an Oscar nominee. And they were like, you're fired. Like you can't produce another movie like in your Disney contract. But I guess that was more because she was an exec at Disney as opposed to like a for hire person. Yeah, I think that is different. It's weird though. John, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at John Padden. That's my name. Kind of boring. Yeah, it's not boring, Kelly. No numbers? You know, it, the thing is, like, you can choose your nickname or whatever. And oh, and then it'll pretty just... sure that would just take you to... I don't know. They've already found me. <laughs> it's truly. Some of you have already found me. You can find us on Instagram at the Riverdale Register Podcast. And I'm on Twitter at Riley Tweets, but I haven't really been engaging much, and I'm sorry. But Instagram, I'll hit you back. Over and out, River Vixen.